And I would say the worst hide in the world has value mm. and should be used before making something that's synthetic yeah. or, or artificial. Yeah. There, there is value in that hide. And so that's a message we want to get out. And it's really a mindset that, that we have to create. And we have to share that with our customers, share that with our, with our, our, our bad customers, yeah. uh, because it's a story to tell. Yeah, and it, it really is a sustainability story. It's not just a business decision. This is a story of sustainability, of making sure that we're using everything that's available to us as a waste product. Welcome to Nothing to Hide, the More and Giles podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Calfee. More and Giles is one of America's oldest leather companies. We were founded during the heart of the Great Depression, right here in Lynchburg, Virginia, in 1933. And almost 100 years later, our leadership is still in pursuit of one thing, the world's finest leather. Perhaps we even touched your life. Maybe it was in a hotel lobby or your home. Or perhaps this morning when you went to get a cup of coffee, you found your favorite leather chair in the corner and you settled in. Well, that leather is probably more Giles too. Our goal was simply just to share some stories within this podcast, to take you on a journey, to let you experience what we experience. We'll teach you how leather's made and give you insight into some of the subtle nuances of the material. Did you know it's one of man's oldest materials? We're also going to take you to meet some of our favorite people in the world, designers and creative influencers, and people that are connected to Moore and Giles through one thing, leather. We hope you'll join us on the Moore and Giles podcast, Nothing to Hide. We're back today on the Nothing to Hide podcast with president of Moore and Giles, Sackett Wood, and we're going to sit down and talk about the reclaimed project here at Moore and Giles and the heirloom leather that brings that to life. How are you doing today, Sackett? Doing good, Daryl. How are you? I'm great, man. I'm glad to be healthy. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, so we're sitting in our showroom here in uh, Lynchburg, Virginia. We're surrounded by leather. It smells great. Um, but behind you, there's a giant hide of what we're calling heirloom, which is really the feature leather for our reclaimed project for the bags and accessories division. How do we know what hides are good and what hides are bad? Well, that's a great question. So uh, we we really don't know uh, what we have when the container comes in. Mm-hmm. I think that we, uh, by and large, concentrate on specific regions of hides, whether it's uh, Germany or Northern Europe, England, uh, places where we know we get a consistent source of hides. Mm-hmm. At that point, we are, we're betting on that consistent uh, source coming in. Yeah. Once it comes in, uh, there's a whole process uh, after the wet blue process, especially, where we, we grade the leather. Yeah. And yeah. that's what we've been trained to do by our customers over time yeah. is you know, every, every product we run at a certain tannery uh, takes a certain grade of leather. Mm-hmm. And that's where th- this division comes that's in. That's right, because certain customers want certain things in that leather, right? They want it to be a certain size or not have certain markings that happen naturally because it's an animal out in the field. Um, so we then select through those leathers after the, they're basically the hair's taken off, they've turned, been turned into that wet blue state. We're able to kind of see what they will look like a little bit once they're finished, correct? I think what's important to, to note is that uh, all hides are created equal coming into the tannery in terms of what we pay for them. Yeah. We, we buy by weight in mm. a container, uh, and so one hide doesn't co- every hide costs the same yeah it is then it is in us to sort of delineate where this these hides can go here for new buck these hides can go here for full allen these yeah. hides can go here for and so there's we create different buckets 
around that container of hides that, that where we use for different products. And I think, too, it's important for people to imagine that this animal's been living in a field, right, with other animals. And not only are the natural elements, but, you know, there's insects, sometimes there's fencing, uh, sometimes maybe you got in a fight with another cow in the field and, you know, they got a gouge or a mark. And so those characteristics are going to exist underneath the hair of that animal. And sometimes you don't get to see that until it moves into this preservation state that we call wet blue. That's correct. And then so as that selection starts to happen, to your point, we're able to really start to see, okay, this one doesn't have a ton of markings on it. So maybe this customer would like that and we can kind of move it into these different products. But what we found was is that we had a whole bunch of hides that weren't being used because of those natural markings, correct? That's correct. So there's fallout in each bucket. We, we, we make a selection, uh, and then even after that, there's probably 10 or 15 percent uh, that, that gets selected out from that yeah. uh, because of what we've deemed is acceptable for that product. And it doesn't sound like a lot until you have you know, seven or eight, nine different buckets for different yeah. products, especially at a, at a tannery where we run a lot of different articles. And then over time, those the, that fallout begins to add up. Or in this case, begins to pile up, right? That's correct. So we've got basically folded piles of preserved hides in storage, and they're useful, right? There's nothing wrong with them, correct? They're all useful. Yeah. Every hide in the world is useful. I think that's yeah. the important point to make today. They... They all have the same characteristics regardless of what, how we classified them. They all have the same durability, the same comfort, the same longevity. They will all wear in beautifully over time depending on you know, which tannage you use with them. Yeah. So that is the, that is the real uh, question and, and decision that led us to talk about Reclaim. And if I could just add a little further, uh, we were in the tannery in February and we had this discussion about you know these different buckets and the fallout from these buckets, and um, the tanner says, "Let's go look at this together because mm. you know what we're going to do is either it's either going to sit here a long time or we're going to have to reinvest in it mm. and and turn it into something that is really unrecognizable as leather in terms of what I would call a heavily finished product where yeah. we we remove all the natural surface markings, we then buff it and finish it mm-hmm. and turn it into something that's you know." What, what I would call just a, a heavily finished leather. Yeah, for our listeners out there, um, to paint a picture there, you've basically got a hide or a skin that has a lot of natural marks on it. Maybe it's got scars, maybe it's got grain damage, maybe there was a cesarean section and the, the cow had a calf and it was removed. And so you've got all these markings, and so a lot of those are deemed imperfections by people. And so what would have to happen is, is basically those get essentially sanded off that's right. And then we kind of begin to roll a new pattern on it. Now, what's interesting about that pattern is that it looks very natural or organic. So I think find that to be so fascinating, you know. Well, it also looks perfect, yeah. too. And it makes it consistent from side to side and from bottom to top. Uh, but we also, in doing that, are probably putting a finish on it that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, makes it look more like a vinyl than it does yeah. a real leather. Yeah. And so for those of you sitting out there listening to this, you're saying, well, we're having a conversation about a business decision. Um, and I would add that we're not having just a conversation about a business decision. We're having a conversation about a sustainability decision. And that room that's full of leather that was not being used, um, at some point it runs out of its usefulness, right? Like it can't sit there forever in that state. It needs to be turned into something useful. 
And so we chose to say, it's all useful. Let's just highlight those natural markings and let's see what it looks like. Well, and let me let me add to that, that, that every hide we have has natural markings on it. Mm-hmm. They have neck wrinkles. They have, they have healed scars. Uh, they have little bug bites here and there. They are... It's the hallmark of the of the life they lived wherever it was. Yeah. We try and buy hides from the best places, which you know, again in Europe yeah. the climate's better. There's no barbed wire, there's no branding. So we do get those type of hides. But this is just a matter of something that, you know, these hides have a little little more mm-hmm. than normal. And so we value uh every hide. And I think if we if we do value every hide, then we have to uh really reclaim these hides mm-hmm. and and really show them for what they are it, it's not just about uh an acceptance of the hides but an appreciation that's good of the hides and there's a lot of metaphors there right like in the world we live in today i think you and i could extrude that metaphor in so many ways but basically what we're saying is it's all good it's all good yeah absolutely and we have people have decided what is good and what is bad and i think today it's exciting to say like we're looking at it as all good uh, we've trained our customer. Our customers have trained us. You know that this is what's good and this is not. And the reality is is that these hides have value, and we we really see value in them. And yeah. the more I looked at it mm-hmm. over time uh, with Trey and, and Bernardo, our tanner in Italy, the more we realized that there's a story to tell here. Yeah. And it's and it's worth telling. So I'm looking at this full hide that's sitting behind you, um, and we call this leather heirloom. Now at Moore Giles, again, the majority of our business is selling leather to furniture manufacturers and people that are making hotels and restaurants, people that are reupholstering big pieces of furniture. Um, but these hides specifically, when you saw them first, what did you think they could be useful for? I thought they could be used on for, for anything that we do. We, they could be used for our customers who make furniture. Mm-hmm. And we also thought there's a place for them in our bag line. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the, the visual is there. Yeah. All the features are there that need to be. The, the breathability, the durability, the comfort, the ability to wear in beautifully over time. You know, there's this um, Japanese aesthetic. It's a Buddhist concept called wabi-sabi, and it's really about the, the appreciation of the imperfect. And without getting into that too deeply, I think it's a relevant theme yeah. as we approach this leather. Well, I think, too, the important thing there is how it gets better over time. Right, like it was designed in a way that says this age, this wear that we all actually all experience together at the same time is valuable. It's good. It should be accepted and celebrated. Mm-hmm. And I would say the worst hide in the world has value mm-hmm. and should be used before making something that's synthetic yeah. or or artificial. Yeah. There, there is value in that hide, and so that's the message we want to get out. And it's really a mindset that that we have to create, and we have to. Share that with our customers. Share that with our with our, our bag customers. Yeah, uh, because it's a story to tell. Yeah, and it, it really is a sustainability story. It's not just a business decision. This is a story of sustainability of making sure that we're using everything that's available to us as a waste product. Yeah, I think there's luxury uh, in sustainability, and that those two sort of uh, mutually align here with with an appreciation for what is natural, for what is. You know, imperfect, but also that is something of value that will last a long time and will wear in beautifully over time. So, will last a long time. It's a great transition into talking about how this shows up on our bags and accessories. So, a lot of people out there listening to this have come to this podcast because 
they heard that we're making bags or accessories out of this unique leather, but the price point looks very different from our other stuff. You know, we're looking at something that's probably about a third of the price of a traditional Morn Giles bag. That's correct. So talk me through that. Like, how, how is that possible? Well, I think that there is, uh, at this time, uh, there is a, an overabundance of these hides, uh, and there's an overabundance of a commodity-type product in the market, uh, which, where, which is just about price. And so um, there's no bottom to that market right now, in my opinion. Um, you know, I think the, the top of the market is still very stable. So before we add to that, we, we want to take these back and look at them before we make them unrecognizable as, as leather. We looked at, you know, three or four hundred highs together at a tannery, and it was not even a question. I mean, it was without a doubt that we are, we are overlooking this and, and we're missing an opportunity to, to share what's really beautiful about leather, uh, what's valuable about it. And so that's, that's how we see it. And I think yeah. we want to share that with a consumer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we're, we're getting a lot of interest from uh, our, on the manufacturing side from furniture manufacturers. Who, yeah. But it's not just about, it is a price on it because, because they are so available. Mm-hmm. We would like to see, we'd like to see that pricing increase over time. Yeah. Um, but right now, it's a, it, but it also cannot be about someone who's just intoxicated by the price. Yeah. Because if they're just intoxicated by the price and don't tell the story, mm-hmm. well, the message gets lost, and yeah. then it's just about a low price. So I think to just kind of repeat that again, it, it's that, number one, there's a ton of these hides available for us to use, so that keeps the price low. The second thing there is the fact that we're not over-finishing it. Like, if you look at this leather, there's very little done to it. And I think that also helps to keep that price down, correct? That's correct. There's there's less process in it. It's a very minimalist approach. We we want it to be, you know, absolutely if you see it on a chair when you walk into a hotel lobby or into a showroom or when you see the bag that you say, wow, look at the leather. Yeah. You know, we don't want you to wonder what it is. Yeah. It, it's very instantly recognizable as leather. So I guess the first question most people are going to have is what's wrong with it? If I buy this bag or I buy this leather for a piece of furniture, what's wrong with it? There is nothing wrong with it. The only thing that is is the perception of it not being as uh, high a quality as something that has less natural markings. It Again, it is, it is equal coming into the tannery and it's only this mindset that we've created and uh, and, and passed on that mm-hmm. is something is less valuable than the other. That's good. So my assumption is, is it's going to hold up as well as any other bag that I would buy from Warren Giles because the craftsmanship is going to be the same, correct? Yeah, it will hold up as well. And what I would also say, it will hold up much better than if we finished it. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if leather ever fails, it's not the leather that fails. It's what's put on top of it over time. Mm-hmm finish will fail over time. Yeah. And that's why they have, it meets all these double rubs and everything. There's, there's nothing on this to fail. It will yeah. just patina and, and grow more beautiful with age and become a part of your lifestyle. And you can have this for years and years and years. And that's the story of leather. Yeah, I think that's worth repeating, right? You taught me that a while back. It's, it's never what goes into the leather that fails. It's what's on top of the leather that fails. And so when we look at so many of these high-end accessories and bag manufacturers, right, and we see finished leather being used, we know that at some point in the life of that bag or that accessory, that's going to fail and break down, correct? Yeah, I mean, less is more with leather. 
Leather is this amazing material with these unique properties that have never been duplicated by man in some in some other form. Uh, it's got moisture vapor transmission. It's got tensile and tear strength that are unmatched. Uh, and then it's got breathability and comfort and, mm. and durability. All those things are just make it this really unique material. And so that's what we're celebrating here. And again, it's something we think is uh, a story worth telling. Uh, and, and we've got to get that message out again and again and again. And I think if you get back to the beginning of this conversation, it's available, right? Leather for us is a waste byproduct of the beef industry. And so we've got so much of this available. So to not use it would be the biggest travesty ever, right? Yeah. And and right now we, we are in a situation where there is a global demand for beef that does exceed the demand for hides in some parts of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... Um, we want to make sure we're utilizing the material the way it should be utilized mm-hmm. and not putting it into something that makes it not yeah. look like leather. So getting back to this bag collection that we're calling the reclaimed collection from more Giles, we've got five styles in it. Um, I would say that they're pretty basic stripped down types of styles, um, but they look a little bit different than our normal stuff. Could you talk about that a little bit? Well, we just wanted to, we wanted to separate it from, the line itself and sort of give it its own personality and distinctiveness. Um, again, you know, it's, it's, it's not trendy. It's very classic silhouettes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes having a mindset about this leather and, and appreciating the, you know, the natural features of it yeah. um, that will be with you over time. Everything, everyone is, it's really about authenticity mm. and, and making everything distinct. All right, so I'm going to ask you the question that most people are thinking. Why has no one done this yet? I think in small ways it's, it's been done, and we've been, we've been delivering that message. But there's just preconceived notions about what's good and what's bad that we've been, you know, when, when I came in, I was, I was really sort of trained by my customers when I came in about what they would use on Verge. And the more we've been around the material, I think the more understanding and knowledge we have about it. And I think that the, but just say it again, is that, is that every hide costs the same coming into the tannery. You know, we're buying from different regions. And it's then only us who decide what's, what's good for here, not good for here, good for here. But the reality is that the properties of that material mm-hmm. and the longevity of it are all the same. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think that is, that is a mindset that we're trying to instill uh, and tell this story. Of leather. And I think that's a great place to stop. I yeah. think that really wraps it up well for us. If somebody's looking to learn more about this program, you can check out morengiles.com backslash reclaimed. And then if you're in the furniture world, if you're in the upholstery world and you're looking for this leather, we're calling it heirloom. Yeah. Um, and uh, we've got millions of square feet available, right? So well, we have plenty available. And what I would say is that, is that um, in this appreciation of the imperfect, you really get an understated elegance Mm. to it that is valuable. And I think that's worth sharing. 